Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. From our team to you, welcome to Season 2 of Convert Central. In Season 1, we've had the privilege of interviewing 15 converts across the months of Ramadan and Shawwal. This season, we have created a plethora of topics for every Muslim regardless of our background, our interests and our races. We pray that every podcast that we upload will be beneficial to you guys and meanwhile, enjoy listening to Season 2 of Convert Central. Welcome back to Convert Central. So Alhamdulillah, we are closing to the end of the year and this means it's another episode of Fundamentals to Faith. So uh, we focused on marriage a lot actually in the past two months. We had Sister Alina's uh, series about convert marriages, marriage and challenges and coincidentally uh, in our Fundamentals talking about family. So uh, and I'm also very very blessed to be joined today by you know speakers and that will not be unfamiliar to, to the listeners of uh, our podcast. So uh, I hope you guys have really guessed when I said they're not uh, unfamiliar. It's either Ali, it's either you know uh, maybe Brian or you know of uh, brother Abbas and sister Eunice. So Alhamdulillah, they have been on Convert Central a total of five times now, and uh, you know it's always nice to uh, be with them uh, when, when when we record because we, we we attend the same classes at Arkham. It's, it's such a blast to be with them. So yeah, we're gonna talk about family today and. Um, before we start, I just wanted to ask um, both both Abbas and Eunice, right? Um, so when Eunice took her shahada, you guys got married. Uh, what was the initial reaction from from both families? Just 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 to have an idea of what you guys were coming into, you know, when when you guys decided to get married. I think so. For for my family, I think Eunice was also a bit shocked. <laughs> I would say because uh, um, my family was. Initially, when we were dating, they weren't very, uh, they weren't very happy about it, uh, or they they didn't really they didn't really disapprove, but they didn't really approve as well. Mm. Um, but actually, after after you converted, and because after your conversion was only like a few months, then our wedding, yeah. So after after the conversion, it was. It was very different. I can Eunice can explain more, <laughs> but yeah, because I think my parents were more, they were more, uh, I would say, uh, they were more against dating the idea of dating. Yeah. However, you know they 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 kind of embraced us and embraced Eunice uh, after after we got married. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For me, my parents um are very on Christian mm. so they didn't approve of the conversion and the marriage and uh the I didn't I didn't actually tell them uh, before I took my shahada. Mm. Like I only told them that I converted after I took my shahada mm. and then um yeah they they didn't approve they also didn't attend our wedding yeah yeah okay. I see. So, um, I think perhaps many of our listeners here today, um, might relate. Uh, you know, coming to a marriage, typically the born Muslim side of the family might be more welcoming, but for the convert side, it's always difficult. Not just for the convert he, himself or herself, but also for the spouse of the convert. So, uh, before we go into uh how you know you guys are tackling with the challenges, your mindset, you know, I'm sure. Our listeners are so excited to hear them. Uh, you know, we, we would like to start by talking about family in Islam. 
So I'd like to start by talking about this narration of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Um, he this this one was narrated. Uh, that he mentioned that a person who severs the bonds of kinship will not enter paradise. So just with this hadith itself, this narration itself, we we know that maintaining our kinship is very very important to Islam. So Islam is not just about you know after I take my shahada, my my I, after I become a Muslim, then I adopt a new family of Muslims and I abandon my 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 previous. We also don't believe in uh people. Uh, you know, entering other religions, Muslims who unfortunately become other uh, faiths, and then we disown them. This is not something that we do as 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 Muslims and as a community. So, uh, the the reason why is because um, naturally it's it's a it's a it's a very it's a natural progression where you know we we often times when we need the most support in the harshest of challenges, right? When we were young, especially when we were young and vulnerable, our family supports us through these challenges, and we are we need to show gratitude to our our families. And uh, most of the time, as born Muslims, you know, uh, specific to born Muslims, parents are where most of us learn our Islam from. There's a there's a saying by by the scholars who say the 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 first madrasa of the the son is the mother. So um you know, another aspect of where blessings come into our life through our family is that when we make our parents happy, you know, the approval, the pleasure of our parents. We this is a way of getting a lot of blessing from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So if you guys have heard this very very famous scholar, uh, most of the converts will have heard it already. Uh, Imam Bukhari, he, he begins his his book talking about etiquettes with many many narrations of how to treat parents, indicating the importance of treating parents in us striving as Muslim. So given this, you know, we know that converts face this challenge a lot. And sometimes it might not come from ourselves. We don't suddenly take our shahada and then we want to sever ties with our families. This isn't really the case because that's not what we were taught as coming to Islam. So most of the time, you know, it's 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 either from the other way, you know, where our family wants to sever ties with the convert, or you know, the extended family prioritizes them to do so, or we just lose the kind of connection we have to each other, which is unfortunate. And and in this period of time where the convert has just taken his or her shahada. They need a lot of support, and when they lose the family support, it, it's a huge challenge. So this is what we're going to talk about today, and you know this topic of family importance is not just emphasized in Islam, not just emphasized in Middle Eastern cultures, but rather the Chinese culture. We have so many sayings that you know the Chinese that that we have to go back to our roots. We have to be grateful to where we we came from. You know. The Malay culture as well is imbued within the Malay culture that we have to give respect to the seniors, and even the Japanese culture where the where like the senior seniority is emphasized as well. So, uh, with this, you know, uh, I just want to throw a discussion question out for the three of us actually. Uh, how do converts manage family ties with, you know, our family members when they, from their side, they want to sever ties with us? I, I have not personally faced this. Uh, so perhaps you know you guys would like to start, then we can continue with the discussion. Yeah, so I think this is an issue that is quite close to my heart because my when I told my parents about my conversion, they actually told me that I'm not just leaving the faith, but I'm leaving um them as a family lah. That yeah. I shouldn't think of myself as their daughter anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was tough. <laughs> yeah to have to listen to that lah, like to kind of like choose between your faith and your family and 
like it's not something that you can really choose to like choose between you know like having having your faith and having family at the same time like both are important yeah. and like i guess what was going through my mind was that is it's very unfair that like i i have to choose between um these two things these two important aspects in my life lah because from young like family has been like very important to me uh and even though i might not have like the best relationship with my parents and everything but like i believe that we still like i still help a very high mm, like i still value our our kinship a lot yeah and like certain things when when it happens like for my my parents not um attending my wedding that was a very big pain for me lah actually yeah yeah and like i tried i tried to make things easier for them like by having my my wedding just below my block in yeah. the hopes that they would attend the wedding yeah but they still they still didn't lah and i guess it was very hard for them to accept the the conversion just like a few months after yeah so like they were they are having like a conflict between their own religious standing as well and accepting me as like a person mm. that um has converted out of the faith yeah i think just for like context mm. right? <laughs> for, for people who are listening it's like um we got married three years Four. Oh, sorry, <laughs> four four years already. So, you know these these challenges that that happens like it's it's not like a one time thing, you know, like friction between parents and you know like it, it's it's rarely a one time issue, uh, and it sometimes spreads out for like for us, you know, like what what she's explaining is like what happened like four years ago. You know, and a lot of things have changed. In, actually, I don't know. A lot of things changed. No, probably. Um, some some things have changed. Some things have changed. Some things have gotten better. Some things has stayed the same. Um, so four years, right? In 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 the making. Um, I'm sure you guys have tried many things in the past four years. Um, do you guys think that the best approach is to wait it out? Or to be active in trying to reconcile from your side. Yeah, I actually struggle a lot, a lot, a lot with that because, right. like, a lot of times when I I thought that my parents were ready for something more, I yep. would um encourage them to do certain things yep. to accept, like. A little bit more about the religion. For example, I would suggest um to have like, um like when I go back home to maybe read like a a scripture from yeah. one from the Bible and one from um the Quran, and then we can have a discussion lah about yeah. about religion. Yeah, but to my parents, they felt that it was imposing. I was imposing my my views on them. Yeah, yeah and like. It didn't end up very, like, the the discussion didn't um, hit towards 
a good direction, I would say. Yeah. And certain things like about pushing them towards knowing a little bit more about Islam, like trying to let them find out, like, for example, why I wear to long or like um, something like in a religious context. Like they're not so open to it. And I feel it's a very thin line to tread between uh, trying to help them to understand and on your side, because you know, like your parents are getting old and like, you know, you want to, how to say it? Can you help me? <laughs> like, in the progress of reconciling the relationship, is it? Yeah, something like that. Like, at one, like on one, on one end, you want to have a good relationship with your parents. But on the other end, you also want them to learn about Islam. But when you join the two together, right, it doesn't, it doesn't match. I, I think it's like, you know, the, it's, it's like the typical Asian mentality, you know, it's like you don't talk about it, then let's just sweep everything under the rug. Like what you guys mentioned, I, I echo your thoughts. Like, we can have a relationship if we don't talk about Islam. But once that is brought into the picture, then like years turn off and, and, and you know, both sides just feel like they don't want to talk anymore. You know, they talk, then you talk, then they are not listening. And then after that, you don't feel like talking, but they also don't feel like listening. Like that. So there's no conclusion. And I, perhaps, like most of the time, I feel like converts is more like, okay, even if you don't want to accept Islam or you don't want to consider Islam, then like at least accept me, right? For, for my choice and still love me. Perhaps the key is to understand um, the difference between like getting them into coming to Islam and, and still serving them. So like we, we can talk about Islam another time, but at least as your uh, they are children and it's tough, you know, it's not a one day thing we can solve. It's a progression, you know, of, of months or even years, right? At least let me learn how to serve you within my boundaries as a Muslim, you know. Um, easier said than done. Like I'm, I'm struggling with it, uh, no doubt. But you know, I I would imagine that you know within our own means we serve them, and as we serve them, we show them our sincerity, we show them our patience, we show them how much we have progressed as a person. They will start warming up a bit to the idea of listening to us, and then we can tap into that space to talk about Islam. It's definitely tough when it comes to that. You know, we we are so bad. Humans are so bad. Or I maybe it's just me. I'm so bad at estimating these balances. So most of the time. I also do sweep it under the rug. I don't approach the topic. Uh, and, and, and it's fine. Like, like for, for my family, it's fine that we just don't talk about it. Unless it's very apparent that, that my religion is causing, uh, you know, something in my family to be restrained. Perhaps maybe when we go out for dinner, then I can't eat halal, not halal food. So then, then it's brought to light and, they, and, and it's a little bit awkward. We should never be inactive in, in the strife. Even if we don't strive to get our parents to accept Islam, we can still strive to serve them, you know. Let, let, perhaps we can let it sweep under the rug and for a while, we focus on serving them while we improve ourselves as Muslims. And then after that, we'll be in a better position to speak to them about it. Thank you guys for sharing about this topic. And um, definitely, I would love to go in depth with, with another episode that, that really just specializes in, in this area because I feel like the conversation can go on for, for, for a long time. 
Sally, we have to move on to the next topic. Uh, inshallah, to keep within the time limit of the episode. So, which is, I think, might be also pretty similar to what we're discussing now. So, the next um, part of the episode talks about the roles of us, Muslims, as family members. So, um, everyone in the family, in the eyes of Islam, has a specific role and not just our parents. You know, as a son, I play a role. As I might play a role as a brother, a younger brother, to serve my parents or older brother to guide my, my siblings. I might be a man in the family, which there is specific roles for me to do. And for the women in the family, we have specific roles for them to do as well. And it's covered in the previous few podcasts. Islam truly calls for respect for our family members, regardless of age, regardless of uh, how much they know. You know, it is a basic uh, rights of every Muslim. So, you know, the rights of our parents are specifically in- include, we have to be grateful for them for childbirth. This is something that everyone gone through as, as, as a kid. You, you get your parents give up to you you have to be grateful for them uh, for, for that and uh, okay it goes to the extent where unless we can we can go through the same experience for them we have not fully paid them back for it yet this is the opinion of the scholars and so this is why children are always in debt to parents regardless of age and regardless of how much we have done for them so um, there's also gratitude for raising us up so not just in money but also teaching us and being us being with us through hardship and also pointing us towards the right direction in life. And for parents itself, parents occupy the highest status in Islam other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So uh, you, you will see many narr- narrations in the Quran and in the, in, in, in the Hadith where, you know, uh, even a mention of a oof to our parents as a sign of annoyance is not allowed in Islam. And this stands even as mentioned, even if you are converts and and we are our parents are non-Muslims. So there's a difference between, um, you know, being nice to Muslims and serving our parents. You know, we have to serve our parents even though they are not Muslims. This is something that is obligated upon us, and uh, this this is something where it's also very clear cut for many of the narrations of the Prophet. So with this, we have siblings in our lives. We have nephews and aunts and grandparents and many 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 uh, relatives, right? How can we as Muslim improve our strife to be better family members? I think the most one of the most important thing is that we have to knowledge is very important. So like you were saying, you know, we are we play we, we wear different hats, right? We are a, you know, we are assigned to our parents. Yep. Uh, you know, we are, you know, those that are married, we are spouses to, you know, for me, I'm a husband, you know, so I, I'm also a younger brother, you know, so, and so we all wear different hats. So I think the best way is to actually see how the Prophet and how the companions used to wear those hats, right? Mm. Because definitely as a, as a father, you know, your, your responsibilities are different. Right. As a sign, your responsibilities are different. So I think the most importantly is to to know what what Allah and His Messenger, what, what Allah expects from you. You know what His Messenger, Salam has actually taught us about. You know about these roles, and take it as okay. That's the you know there, there's a there's a hadith where the Prophet Salam said that you know um yeah so the best of you are the best to their families and I'm the best. To my family so when he says that what 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 i i feel like he's trying to teach us is that take example from him right 
So, and like with every other thing lah, we're supposed to take example from him, right? Like, we all have different responsibilities and like, I'm actually very grateful for the guidelines of how a doctor should be um, with regards to like um, treating the parents because I feel that that provides a very clear goal to strive towards too. Like, wow. it's very helpful for me like, to know exactly you know, what I can and cannot do. And uh, striving towards that is, is one, one portion of, I think, like, um, being a doctor and on, on the other hand right like when you learn about Islam and then you learn about uh, the responsibilities of the parents to the child as well and at certain times when because uh, of my conversion and my parents don't um, fulfill the responsibilities in my opinion, like, they don't fulfill their, their responsibilities as a parent. Um, that I feel that um, the, the, mm, the struggle is to still continue fulfilling my responsibilities as a daughter towards my parents. And sometimes that brings about um, a bit of resentment and guilt and um, like it's, it's, it's a struggle like, to strive towards being that, that ultimate goal of being this goal standard of yeah and I think along the way like um, I've learned that sometimes like the guilt that you feel of not being able to sometimes be the best doctor you can be to your parents because of certain feelings that you might be facing because of the struggles that you have. Like, it takes time to get to get there. And um, along the way, I, I still think that the best da'wah to your parents is actually your character. Mm. Like you may fail, uh, you will definitely fail in your journey in fulfilling your responsibilities as a as a child to your parents, no matter what religion or what you what how how you are as a child, like you will definitely fail sometimes. And um I think the important thing is to keep on striving towards yeah, towards that, that perfection that so um, Abbas mentioned referring back to the teachings of the Prophet to learn about what we should do as Muslims and Eunice you mentioned a very very good point about not succeeding definitely like I, I think like maybe like three days into conversion I really feel like 10 times already so like uh, together with you know not just uh, converts together with converts more Muslims we, we all need to strive towards the perfection in which Allah has laid out for us through the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi So, um, how we improve our strive is to understand that okay, we will, there will be failures upon uh, along the way, you know. But always refer back to why we are obligated to be good to good family members to our siblings or parents is because Allah told us to and we obey. And sometimes it's hard to see that when we think a lot in reciprocal terms. This is something that converts learn 
growing up before coming to Islam is very reciprocal. We always hear the term, um, you don't earn my respect. But respect isn't earned in Islam. Respect is given first. Then after that, you know, perhaps when other people see it in that way, then we earn their respect also. But we first give respect as Muslims. Something that is different from the saying that everyone says nowadays. So we, we go back to the reason to, to, to why Allah has told us to love our parents is because he has said so. And there are grounds for that because we truly can't replicate the kind of difficulties that our parents gave, gone through while giving uh, birth to us and while, while raising us as kids also. So, so yeah, I think these are good ways, good advices to be good, uh, better in, in terms of being a family member. So lastly, uh, when it comes to family, one things that converts have to take note of is the uh, death of a uh, non-Muslim parent or family member. So, uh, this is something where many converts face lah, because inevitably it will happen, right? Uh, down the line. So, regardless of religion, it is our responsibility to ensure that the process of our parents' death is is and to show respect towards the funeral possessions. So, uh, you know, one simple narration that we, we can always refer back to is the fact that the Prophet wasallam stood up for a Jewish, uh, you know, uh, a Jew's funeral. So his companions are, are asking why did he stand up? He, then he mentioned, is he not a fellow human being? So he stood up for respect. That doesn't that doesn't mean that we ascribe to their practices. We just show up as a form of respect. So actually, we face challenges that go way beyond that, right? We, we face challenges where our families expect us to be the one that conducts the right sometimes if you are the eldest child it's inevitable and that comes into contrast with what we believe in our religion we are not supposed to practice the way that other people practice so converts are caught in between this is something that we we, we, we are always caught in between with and for all our listeners here to, to just uh, have awareness about there is permissibility within Islam for a Muslim to help with the funeral possessions if required but because this is such a sensitive topic and it's so subject to context so uh, do consult teachers and, and, and you know, uh, your personal teacher or ustaz to confirm whether you can do it beforehand, you know. And of course, we don't, uh, you don't do it on a whim before we, 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 we consult because that, that, that means that we're not doing our due diligence, you know. It's something so important to our faith, we should consult our teachers first. So there's no harm, you know. Teachers get through these questions every day. And, and uh, the focus of what we should do you know, when it comes to this, balancing these uh, many, many stakeholders, right, is to make sure that there is peace in our family. And also to make sure, as mentioned, to have respect for the period of the rights and also balance the fact that we are Muslims and we only ascribe to, uh, we only we don't ascribe any other God to Allah that, that Prophet Sallallahu is his messenger. So, so these are the main focuses when it comes to funeral of our non-Muslim parents or our other family members. So we, we go down to the last uh, one or two concepts about family members. So in Islam, we have something called mahram and non-mahram. So this is something that many converts might not know about, especially when you're new to Islam. So basically, a mahram is a kin, uh, a family member that we are not allowed to marry and not obligated to cover ourselves, our, our aura as as. Uh, mentioned by a lot of people, aura is just means that uh, the part that we have to cover when it comes to the opposite gender that we can marry. So for men, it just from the knees to the navel. For women, is is you know you see the typical headgear, uh, exposing the face, the hands. In Islam, uh, cousins, distant cousins can be mahram, but the best way to find out is to refer to a mahram chart, based in Singapore, obtained either from Darurakam or from Muiz. This is the best way you can find out or not. So one of the applications in this is that in Chinese New Year, if our, 
our family isn't comfortable with us wearing a hijab around, we can check whether we are going to a mahram's house that day or not. And if we are, we don't have to cover our aura in front of mahram. So that is something that, uh, yeah, that's something that we, 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 we can consider and is applicable to us. So lastly, um, just have two questions left. Uh, can we celebrate non-Islamic festivals like before? To me, I think that um, you cannot celebrate mm. like the the festivals like before, mm. but not in a sense of like you cannot have the festivities. But mm. I feel that that there will just be certain uh practices that perhaps you cannot engage in. Yeah, like Chinese New Year you cannot eat um a lot of like the steamboat yep. or like bakwa and stuff like that. So in the, in that sense, like it wouldn't ever be like before, yeah. Uh, I I I I agree. I agree with you, Nis, that yeah, that you definitely cannot celebrate as before. But also, like that's what you were saying. You know, intention is also very important. Like, for example, uh, we were just having a discussion that time about like Christmas party. Yeah. Right. So are we allowed to attend? Are we allowed to? To go for this Christmas party, so I think the most importantly is that what's what's our intention, right? It's our intention to to maintain ties with our families, you know. It's our intention to to make sure that there's peace between families, you know. And like you need know, there are certain things that you can participate in, you know. Uh, be it like some of their prayers, you know, for for Christmas, but also it's 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 really depending on the situation mm. it's depending on the situation and it's also depending on on, on the convert as well yeah. um, so i think it's there's no there's no really black and white answer mm. for this you know like you said there's a lot of difference of opinions for this and i think the differences in opinion is a mercy for us you know sometimes yeah. when there's differences in opinions that it, it, the, the, the fact that there's differences in opinion is, is a mercy because we can we can make sure that okay you know in the situation I'm in what what is the best way to yep. to do it right and uh, in Islam there's that so yeah I, I think that is great advice actually like I feel like when a lot of us start as converts right we always want to find the right way the right the one right way then we, we try to distill questions complicated things into that one right way and then after that, we, like as you said, we realized that this is actually a mercy because if there was one right way, that means all the other ways are wrong. So mm-hmm. if there's only one right way, that means how many people can, can, can force themselves to practice that one right way, you know? In matters where it is important, it is required. But in these matters where it's very contextualized, there's, there, therein lies the mercy of Allah. He lets us, uh, you know, contextualize our, our challenges eventually going back to a teacher to ask and, and to ensure that, okay, this is something that I verified. And then I leave, uh, after I do my diligence, I leave it to Allah to, to decide. So yeah, I, I, I think you guys answered this question very, very well. So I, I don't have to add on further. So uh, last question of the day, of the, of the podcast. Uh, what is one parting advice you guys will give to an interracial couple that are just getting married? For me, I think I like, I like practical advice <laughs> so i think that uh something that's very important in the chinese culture is consideration mm. so like when uh 
let's say your Chinese parent is celebrating Chinese New Year, yeah. like to show that you actually respect the culture and uh and yet you still want to you don't want to cross the boundaries of Islam, right? Like yeah. there are certain small things that can be done, like uh buying ding ding. <laughs> it it may not be bakwa, but yeah. like <laughs> it I feel that it's a uh, <laughs> it's a gesture la, that shows that you actually uh, embrace a little bit of the culture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so certain small gestures like that to show that you actually uh, understand or you respect. Yeah. It, it, will, it goes a long way. Actually, actually, that might not just apply to parents also, but it might apply to also our spouses. So different cultures, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Perhaps for Chinese New Year, you know, Eunice might be missing the festivities. So, you know, Abbas, you might be dressing the entire house up in red. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, just just to, you know, have the festivity of it. Yeah, the, 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 or if you want to go the extra step, you can bake her halal pineapple tart. <laughs> <laughs> go I think, the extra amount. I think after that, she won't eat pineapple tart anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I would like if you say it to me. <laughs> I, I I think for me I think my advice is that I, I think that it takes a lot of um it it takes a lot of trial and error. Like you're gonna like you, you, you have to be prepared for for disagreements and you know you, you're gonna have to be prepared for differences in opinions because of you know of the way that you are brought up. Yep. You know, but I think you know being being Muslims one you know one one thing that we have, and you know one thing that interracial couples where the interracial couples or like you know just Muslim couples in general is that we always have the Quran and the Sunnah to fall back, right? So that that is our baseline, right? So that is you know everything that if you are not too sure. You know that you you fall back to the Quran and the Sunnah, and I think that would actually not only um, prevent more like what they call argument, but it also like strengthen your faith together. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess that just underlines the importance of seeking knowledge together as a couple after marriage, so that you know you guys at least have a baseline to return to. Like even though sometimes you guys might be upset each other. You know, then you guys might not want to communicate, but you know that at least there's a guideline that that says, eventually I will have to. You know, it's something that it's not it's not really of of a choice that okay I can choose not to talk to him, but rather it's still better for me because I was taught that it's better to to communicate with proper values. You know, involved. So so yeah, I think these these two are you know great advices. You know, from 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 Abbas is that you know uh always continue seeking knowledge. You know. Knowing that 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 the first try will, will never be uh, successful, there there was always, there always be failures. From Unis is is to you know showing small gestures to show sincerity, to show that you know uh, we we become Muslims but we're still family members. You know, so yeah, I think that 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 is that is great advice. You know, I I wish you know perhaps when I first came to Islam, I've known that, uh, with the jazz of being uh, the 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 I think. Uh, with the passion of being a convert, you know, we 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 start to think that okay, we don't want to fail lah, we don't want to, uh, 
failing is is a big thing because we are new, right? We we don't want to uh, do things that taint ourselves, you know. But it is is it's a learning process, you know. And Allah mentions in the Quran that you know those who repent after sinning is, is they, they have their hearts polished, and something that is polished is looks beautiful, more beautiful than before. So we are we are meant to fail. We are meant to repent, and we are meant to do better. So. So yeah, uh, that I think that was great sharing. Uh, thank you to both of you for coming on again, uh, five times in total. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm really grateful for you guys what you what you guys have done for our our season two. It's coming to an end. Uh, for our, for those uh, listeners who don't know, uh, we are ending our season two. Uh, in towards the end of December, and we are going to take a short break till next year to think about season three and to think about the upcoming events. So you guys have been here from start. I uh, recall season two, episode four, Eunice and uh, Brother Ali, and uh, you guys are also right here all the way to the end. So really, really grateful for both of your involvement towards our, our you know, Convert Central season two. I hope that you know as much as it has benefited our listeners and ourselves. Uh, we hope that it has benefited both of you as well. And inshallah, we hope to get you guys on our show for as long as possible. And uh, at this moment, I would just like to get our listeners to, you know, for those who are listening, to please keep uh, ourselves, our poor selves, and also brother brother Abbas and sister Eunice in, in their prayers for Allah to ease their affairs, the challenges, and to keep them in good health, to keep their family united, happy, and to also, uh, you know, protect their family and ensure that it grows uh, with his blessing. So, you know, I would say I'm into that. And uh, Alhamdulillah, we have come to the end of our podcast, uh, our season 2, episode 25, I think. And uh, it's been a bittersweet uh, episode. Yeah, we've gone through many, many emotions. And uh, I think this is a very apt time to end. So thank you so much for those who have listened from the start of episode 1 uh, in season 2. And uh, thank you, Brother Abbas and Sister Yunus, for coming up. Inshallah, we will end our podcast by reciting Tasbih Kafara and Surah Al-Asr. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika Asyadu ala ilaha Ta astaghfiruka wa tubu ilaik Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Wala asr innal insana lafi khus Illa alladhina amanu wa aminu salihati Wa tawasaw bil haqi wa tawasaw bil sabr Okay guys, see you guys next week For our convert sharing Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh